0: Sante. Say something. you ready to worship the Lord this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's, it was a little colder this morning, so I think fall is beginning to fall, and uh, we're grateful for the season, aren't we? Let's pray as we start and go into a time of worship. Heavenly Father, we are so blessed. God, even as the morning was crisp this morning and as the sunrise came, Lord, you uh, are here. You're uh, moving in our midst. You desire to move in our midst. You're uh, walking among us. Father, even as we um, hear of things happening in the world and have witnessed um, things even this week and last week that are sad and, and difficult and, and uh, catastrophes even, God. Father, as we hear of uh, wars and rumors of wars, God, we know that our trust has to be in you. Father, we know that uh, this world is gives us really nothing that we can count on, Lord, but you do. So, Father, I pray that even this morning in our time of worship, that you would cause us to focus on you, to know where our help comes from. As the psalm says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It comes from you. So, Father, uh, some of us need that encouragement this morning to Cast all of our cares, cast all of our burdens upon You, um, and, and ask You to come and, and help us to trust in You more, Father. Some are coming with expectations of, of a touch or, or of a healing this morning. I pray You would meet us right where we're at, God, but don't leave us where we're at. Bring us into Your presence. Bring us into Your promises. Bring us into Your fullness. Help us to know You in a deeper way. Father, I pray that as we had worship this morning, that it would be a, a sign of faith and a step of faith and action that says that we trust you and we love you and we worship you, God. Father, that you would help us to recognize all of your goodness. Father, we pray these things as we, we want to sing to you and bring to you a pr- our praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand and, and worship and again, we we'll always encourage you to sing and participate and clap and worship and if you want to kneel or but let's, let's turn this time into a time of, of worship and praise to him.
1: Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my. sun
0: prophet saw a vision, as it were, of dried bones. And the Lord spoke to him and says, can these bones live? And his response was, God, only you know. And the Lord spoke to him to begin to speak to the bones. God, this morning you might be here going, there's a lot of dead bones in my life. Can these live? Can there be life in these dead things that are around me? Can there be life in a dead marriage? Can there be life in a child who's struggling with an addiction? Can there be life in this season of life? And the Lord says, speak to those bones. That they would come together and have life. And then the Lord breathed life into the dead bodies and they came to life. Father, we thank you this morning that you want to bring life to us. God. Lord, you want to bring life into these dry bones, into the places in our life that seem lifeless, God. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your love for us. I pray, God... Breathe life into these dead areas in our life personally, in our children, in our families, in our futures. God, let life come and let these dead things come to life and form an army of God even. Thank you, Jesus. by the grace. we thank you so much for your love. The love that we don't deserve. The love that surpasses understanding like the peace that surpasses understanding. God, that agape love that as humans, even as hard as we try, we would have given up. But God, you love us. I thank you that that love draws us to yourself, draws us back to yourself, and never lets us go. Lord, I pray this morning that each and every one here, each and every person listening, worshiping from home, from their car, would know that love, would experience the love of God in a greater way than they did before. Help us to feel your love this morning. Silence the doubt. Silence the messages that we've heard before that says that we are unlovable. And receive your love.
1: Yes, he loves us. Ooh.
0: God loves you this morning? Do you believe that God loves the world? Then go tell somebody who's part of the world next to you that God loves you too. Amen.
2: Good morning, everybody. I was going to say, let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. Oh, that's better. (laughs) Well, welcome to the Journey Church. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to get connected with you. One way you can do that is by filling out, we have connection cards in the pockets of the seats, and then you can put them in the tithe and offering boxes that are in the back of the room here. Um, I have a couple announcements for us. The first one is, I can't believe it, we're already coming up on Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> which means Operation Christmas Child Boxes, which my hope is next uh, next Sunday that I'll have a, a video that shows exactly what that is. But for those of you that may not be familiar, basically it's put on by Samaritan's Purse. And what they do is um, we have an opportunity, each of us, to pack a shoe box full of toys and fun things for kids all around the world. And then what's great is that Samaritan's Purse then um, includes the gospel in the language of um, wherever it's going for the the children to receive. And then um, I think it's like $9 for shipping per box. And then you can bring them here. And you get to pack them. And you get to choose where my little guy go, which I have these pinned up on the bulletin board out in the hallway. You can choose if you want to do a box for a boy or a girl. And then you get to choose the age, like 2 to 4, 5 to 9, or 10 to 14. So I know um, we at Illuminate Youth Group, we pack as many boxes as we can each year, and then we send those off. So if you're interested in packing a box, I'm going to be posting this. This gives information about what to put in it, what not to put in it, and also there's a cool story, just so a little background of you know how these boxes affect um, these young children. So it's really cool. So we get to be a part of that. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to come and ask me as well. Um, the date that those do- those boxes are due is I think it's the third week in November which is the 14th through the 21st. So I'll come up with a date where we'll have to have them here so that way th- we can then take them to another distribution center. So just wanted to give you a heads up so you can start looking for fun things to put in a box if you want to do that. The next thing Next Sunday, we have Mark Johnson that's going to be here bringing the word. So we're super excited. He's one of our missionaries, and uh, he's going to be doing worship for us. And then after service next Sunday, we're going to be doing a potluck. So we're going to meet underneath the circus tent because um, we're a bunch of clouds. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, but we're going to just have a time of fellowship with one another afterwards as well. So next Sunday, if you want to bring something for that potluck, that would be awesome. And then we'll enjoy uh, the word from Mark Johnson. And then... On Saturday, the 22nd at 6 p.m. here, we're going to actually have a full on night of worship together. So Lord knows we need to continue to usher in the presence of God and we need to be on our knees praying for everything that's going on in the world. Amen. All right. So I encourage you guys to come out again. That's the 22nd, 6 p.m. here. And then next Sunday after church, we'll have a potluck together as well with um, Mark Johnson. And then, I don't know if you noticed the cute little table out there in the hallway, and then the cute little pastor right there in the doorway right behind you. <laughs> Wait a second. Oh yeah, he's he's our shepherd. You like how we did that? We made a little thing where he looks like a shepherd. Um, today is actual Pastor Appreciation Day, and so we just wanted to show a way to appreciate him. So there's little notes there that you can sign, and then The whole month of October is actually Pastor Appreciation Month, so if there's other ways that you would like to bless Pastor Rob, please feel free to do that. You can bring it. We'll have that out there um, over the next couple weeks, so you can continue to bring, if you want to bring anything else to bless him, but I think the best way that we can bless him is by praying for him. So, if Pastor Rob, if you could come down, and if there's any of our elders that would like to come lay hands, I think we should all together pray for Pastor Rob now, so. Where my elders at? <laughs> oh, that's right. He's an usher. And then Mickey, yeah.
3: <laughs> Dear Father, thank you so much for the leadership that you have given us through Pastor Rob. Father, thank you for his listening to you thank you for his obeying you lord we ask that you would continue
0: to guide us as uh, individuals and as a congregation that we can draw closer to you father direct our steps direct Rob's steps father we can't thank you enough for the leadership that he's provided for us the fellowship the love the encouragement that he gives to each and every one of us Thank you, Father. We praise you in the mighty name
1: of Jesus. Amen.
3: Father God, as we lift up this man who is in the palm of your hand, we thank you, Lord God, that you have restored so many things within him and in his family that the enemy has attempted to steal. And in Jesus' name, Father, we stand around about him, and we put on our weapons of warfare. We hold up that shield of faith, and we speak to any assignments. In Jesus' mighty name, you stand down. We plead the blood of the Lamb upon this man of yours, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray today for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on him, Father God. Stir up the mighty gifts, Lord God, that you have within him that he might not even be aware of. Speak to him, Lord God, in the quiet times. We thank you, Lord God, that you put a hedge of protection around about him and each one of his children, Father. And in Jesus' name, Father, let the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart be acceptable to you. Amen.
2: Please don't forget to write a note if you can, and again, if you'd like to bring any other blessings throughout the month. Um, Well, we're going to go ahead and continue our time of worship and receive our tithes and offerings. Um, I read this thing online. I'm going to read it to you now. It says, God doesn't need a lot to do a lot. All David had was five stones, and all David used was one. Isn't that cool? And I thought that's kind of fitting for our tithes and our offerings as well, right? God gives us so much, and yet all he asks back is 10%. And so we want to take that 10%, and we're going to use it to bring glory to God, to defeat the enemy just as David did with that one stone. So let's pray for that now. Father, we thank you, God, that you provide us with all that we need, God. But yet sometimes all we need to do is just use that one stone or give that 10% to show that we trust in you, that we have faith in you. God, I pray that you would help us to um, go forth in boldness. God, knowing that we already have the victory in you, Lord, that you have placed, um, God, just your, your spirit inside of us, your power inside of us, God, that you have given us authority over the enemy. So God, help us to go forward and to tell the world about who you are and what you did without fear of what they may say or do. God, that we can take that stone and we can defeat the enemy because you are the one that's behind it all. Lord, we love you and we give you all the praise. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Can we just take a quick second to pray for Madeline? We just got an update. She just broke her toe, and and don't even know what happened. Just sh- Shannon whispered over that that she just texted her or something, and and apparently the the insurance that we have, which actually just MediCal, um, obviously not going to cover her there. So we don't know what's going to happen. So let's just pray that God heals it. And um, but uh, well, let's let's do it. Real quick. Lord, we just thank you, God, for your healing power. That. Uh, that is in Christ father we thank you that we are called to pray for the sick lord lay hands on them father we even just remotely just pray for her right now and ask that you would just God heal heal the toe and that it wouldn't be broken that the pain would go away the swelling would go away and that it just even just be a a small miracle father in Jesus name amen 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 thank you for going there with me mm-hmm. We are this morning in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter five. And the, uh, I, I said last week, I think I'm going sit, to sit down today and let's see if this is a good height. Last week, I, I said that we'd be talking about this subject this morning, and, uh, and we are talking about sex. And sexuality, so you're like, woohoo, woohoo. <laughs> and uh, so, so this morning, as we go into this message, we're going to talk about God's design for sex and sexuality. God's design for sex and sexuality. This message this morning is incredibly important, and always has been, as we will see today. Um, this message is something that is. Um, we are seeing a time in our lives and generation where this message is extremely important for all the people um, who are questioning and wondering. So this morning, because we're, we're uh, talking about a subject that is um, very personal, very close to people's hearts, because we're talking about a subject that uh, some people um, struggle with, uh, we're talking about a subject that some... Some people don't struggle with and are giving freely into um, the world's ideas, uh, really the enemy's ideas. I'm going to ask something, and I, I really enjoy when people normally say amen. Um, I really like that, it's, 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 it can be very encouraging. This morning, if you agree with a point that I'm making, I want you to give a really hearty amen inside <laughs> and not outside. Okay? And um, I'm going to ask you as we go into this also, if you're sitting here and I say some things that are difficult for you to hear that you don't agree with if you're listening online and, um, and, and it, it, it causes some um, hurt or some thoughts that make you want to check out, tune out, um, stop listening, even walk out, I want to ask you to, to stay through the message and listen. And be open to what God might want to speak and share. And, and um, also to hear why we as Christians and believers and um, hold to beliefs that we have. For us as believers, remember uh, 1 Corinthians is written to believers, not to unbelievers. And so we're talking uh, to the church this morning. And we'll be talking about things in the world, but we're talking to the church uh, again this morning. And, and it starts off, we're only going to cover um, two verses. And this theme in the book of 1 Corinthians is echoed a number of times throughout the book um, of, of talking about uh, sexual immorality. But let me just read these two verses after I pray. Father, as we're in this time, we pray that you would enlighten us, God, that you would speak to us, that you would encourage us, God. I pray that you would also bring healing God, I pray that you bring life. We thank you that um, you are the God of forgiveness and restoration, and um, we just thank you that you and ask you that you would be here present. Well, I pray that um, my thoughts would uh, come out clearly, Lord. I pray that you would guard even um, my speech to speak to speak true words in your words, Father. We thank you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The topic of sex and sexuality uh, in the past in the church has not was not always handled well. In fact, most of the time it was just not handled at all. Um, the, the word, honestly, there's people who went maybe to church their whole lives growing up and never heard the word sex said from the pulpit. And um, we often, uh, I think in the church, uh, didn't address it. It was taboo. Because of that, I think that it's really caused a lot of damage in marriages and in life. And so the Bible talks about it, and we're not going to just talk about it as feeling like sex is dirty for sure, because actually what's awesome about this topic, that God's design for sex and sexuality is good. And and it's not just good, it's very good, the Bible says. He, He created... Um, man and woman, and created us as sexual people and sexual beings. And after He created us, He said that that was very good. In um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him, let him who has done this be removed from among you. These uh, words from pa, um, Paul are really strong. They're really harsh, and they're very straightforward. Um, and it's talking about sexual immorality. Now, again, remember, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth. Now, if you remember, if you were here at the very beginning of the study, we learned a little bit about Corinth. Corinth uh, was a, a very... Uh, diverse population and it was a very pagan population uh, group. There was a lot of shrines and temples and one of the temples actually, uh, part of the worship that was happening during this time, it was, it was so bad that part of the worship included temple prostitutes that you were supposed to go and have sex with as part of your worship and this it was part of the culture happening in Corinth. In fact, uh, if you even look in the dictionary today, there is a word that is not used much, but it is in, a re- in, in the dictionary, and it's called, it's, the word is Corinthianize. And Corinthianize is to, uh, to act in, a, in debauchery and in sexual promiscuity, and, and, and it was around for a long time. Corinth was, was over-the-top bad, if, if you... And, and I guess I've heard a lot of preachers say this, and, and in some ways it, it might bear, bear truth. Um, Corinth was probably something like Las Vegas. What happens in Corinth stays in Corinth. Um, there is, you know, to, to not think that there's a lot of um, debauchery and, and things happening in, in Las Vegas. We would go, well, of course it, it is. People go there actually In order to do things that they wouldn't do in their own home cities and towns, so Corinth was kind of similar. It was also a place of a lot of thinking, and and they were progressing. And so, one of the things that we don't know for sure about the the church at Corinth is, as they were believers, um, we're going to get into this a little bit here, as they are, are now believers they are tolerating this sexual immorality. And he says, that's not even tolerated among the pagans. Well, one of the possibilities is that they were trying to be so progressive that they were saying, listen, in Christ, we're forgiven. In Christ, we can do all things. Um, Perhaps they were even taking a scripture way out of context that would say, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. Uh, but, but see, there's a freedom that can come, and that is very possibly one of the things that was happening to the church at Corinth. Um, they were becoming uh, progressive. They were becoming free, and, and they were proud of, their, of, this, of this behavior. Well, as a Christian, you know we know at times when we're doing something that is wrong, and we are not usually proud of that behavior. That's why we hide it. Instead of repenting from it, um, but we do. We hide things, and and the Church of Corinth is proud of this. So I think it's one of the things that's happening is within the church that there was some understanding, some wrong understandings about acceptance of of this sinful lifestyle, of uh, this sexual immorality. Now, if for, in particular, for them, it was um, that a man uh, had said it had his father's wife, which was probably that his. Uh, this man's father had a second wife and um, it it probably wasn't his mother, it was probably his um, stepmother and that he was, they got got together. Maybe the dad died, maybe there was adultery involved, not sure of all the details but and in that culture, even in the culture that said, hey, part of your worship over the temple is to have sex with prostitutes but you should never sleep with your father's wife. And so th- this was, in re- their culture, was, was even worse than that and not tolerated, it says, even among pagans. And, and you are proud, shouldn't you rather mourn? So this morning, I, I just thought I'd take the opportunity, and, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about this as we go through the book, as, as we need to um, talk and face head-on the idea of sex and sexuality. If, if you go to Genesis... When God created man, he creates everything. In verse 26, Genesis chapter 1, I'm sorry. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the account says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds, the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God's design for sex and sexuality is that he is the creator of man and the creator of woman. And he designed us... For for specific purpose, and it says that he created mankind in the image of God, but he created them differently, male and female. And then he says to them, "Be, fr- be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it." And this is the plan for mankind: is that they would that he created in his likeness. This beautiful thing called mankind, and and we see that, in the, as we read in the, the the account of Genesis, that that everything was was good. Until he created man alone, and he said, "It's not good, that man should be alone." And and the scripture says that he will I will make a helper suitable for you, and and right away we're living in a time right now that. The whole idea of gender is being questioned, and we're talking about this from a biblical perspective first of all, and the culture around us is is really pushing back on on this whole idea of of the differences between gender. Now, you know, all, most of us in here are, are older, and I hope some people maybe from younger generations are, are listening and will will think about some of these things that are being said, but. 30 years ago, about, I think it was about 30 years ago, there was a book that came out. It was on the number one bestseller list for about 150 weeks, I think, about three years. And the whole premise of the book was talking about the difference between man and woman. The whole purpose of the book was pointing out that that men are so different from each other that they're almost like from different planets. Oh, there it goes. All of you goes. oh yeah, I remember that, because men are from, and women are from, Venus. 30 years ago, the number one best-selling book highlighted the difference between man and woman, and forever we have always believed and known that there are differences between man and woman, until recently. When a a candidate for the Supreme Court was asked, "What is a woman?", and her response was, "I don't know." Now, I want to tell you, on behalf, in defense of her, I believe she knows. You know, there was a lot of stuff going. Oh, she was an idiot. No, she wasn't. I don't. I really don't believe. I believe she knows. I believe she was afraid absolutely afraid to say something in this climate that could be taken and, 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 and used against her and as a weapon because there's a cultural shift happening um, right now. And we are living in that. Now, as I said at the beginning, there are people who possibly are in here this, this morning who are, are questioning their gender. There' will be people online who watch this, who, who maybe are questioning or uh, questioning their gender, or there's people in here who have family members or friends that are in this. There, there are people who struggle with homosexuality, ch- transgenderism, and, and other, other things that we're also going to address in this because this, this message is about sex and sexuality and God's design. So the first thing is what, what I'm pointing out is that God designed that male, and female would be different, but they would come together in union and create a picture, a picture of God. See, God puts some of his attributes in man, male, and he puts some of his attributes in female. We are so incredibly different, man from woman, and I love my wife so much, but we are very, very different. We look at life differently, so differently that sometimes we go to other people and say, help me because my husband is an idiot, which I say, yes, I am. You know, we we see things differently and we approach things differently, but see, that's why we're needed for each other is because of the differences. So God created those differences. Um, I've, said this, I've said this before. If two people absolutely fully agree on everything, one of them is unnecessary. <clears throat> we need differences of opinion. We need differences of personality. We need differences... To help us grow, to see the whole picture. I don't see the whole picture. Shannon doesn't see the whole picture. Hopefully, together talking, we can see more of the whole picture. But we we even include other people into our lives. That's why we get counsel and help from others, right? So God created created us, and his design is that there would be a male and a female. Now we're not going to go too far into um, the anatomy of male and female, but we know that being fruitful and multiplying takes a male and a female and that children need to come from that relationship. Now up until and I think it had happened actually very very early I think it was about 1850 with the first time um, that that they created a child outside of the mother's womb that they actually did some type of fertilization in, in some type of a test tube. But up until then it always took a male and a female coming together into an intimate sexual way to create a child. Men and women are both incredibly important. We need each other. And, and again, not not go too far in this. We'll just go this. If you've ever looked, and, and I remember this one pastor who was teaching his children. He took his, each of his three sons out individually at the the time they thought was appropriate and spent a couple days away and one of the days they spent talking about everything about sex. We didn't we used to want to call it that, right? We used to just say the birds and the bees. I, I had a very good friend. Uh, she w- she's uh, um, my mom's generation and I, I actually lived with them for a while and she laughed and joked but it was true. She said that her mother taught her when she was a teenager or a young teenager, that if you kissed a boy in a bathing suit wearing high heels, that you could get pregnant. <laughs> now, some of you can actually probably say you heard some really strange things about sex and babies like the stork and things growing up. That's just never helpful for a child. Um, so we, we talk about it. but So this, this father, this pastor uh, father, he took his kids out and he would talk to us and with one of the kids, he had, a, he had a diagram of the female anatomy, including the ovaries and everything in the, in the male anatomy, talking about how um, that, you know, there's an egg that's released, and there's just usually there's one egg is released. And, and that when a woman is born, that she is born with every single egg in her body that she will ever have to make babies with. Every single egg, they are not produced. Over her life, they're born in her, and they they get released. And there's a I think there's about a million in there actually, and uh, and so w- once a month, an egg gets released, and that when a husband and a wife co- uh, come together, a ma- male and a female, that 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 egg needs to be fertilized, and this is this this amazing thing, and, and you know it's it is a miracle of what happens. And he says, and do you do you see this? And one of the kids, one of the boys, I believe, he said something like. It's like a puzzle, Dad. The two pieces fit together. OK And to some of you, maybe are even blessed like, "Oh, did he just say that?" Do you know that's how God created us? He created us. And it's good. It's very good. Now the world is trying to come up with other things. And um, it's nothing, nothing new. We see throughout the the scriptures, uh, in Romans, um, the Old Testament, the New Testament, that um, the idea of uh, homosexuality and other things happening were alive and well then, and they're alive and well today. And I don't want to just talk about um, these things, but I want to go back in in Corinthians when it says... um, Sexual immorality, I want to tell you, help us understand a little bit. The word sexual immorality there is, is in the Greek, it's porneo. Porneo. And, and we immediately go, oh, wow, I, that sounds a little familiar. It sounds a little bit like pornography. And um, which is, we, we use the word pornography because the Greek word porneo means sexual immorality. And Pornography is graphic images of sexual immorality. And so um, these things are, are what he's calling that we should not be um, engaging in at all. Any type of sexual immorality. His plan for us is one man, one woman, in marriage, forever. Now, we all struggle with this thing called sexual immorality. We, we struggle in so many ways. When I was young, I was exposed to pornography. And if I took a, a show of hands, how many men were exposed to pornography as, as a young man? Um, probably most hands would go up. Back in the day, it was a little bit harder to get you had to find your dad's stash, <laughs> and hopefully steal one that he wouldn't miss. <laughs> and you'd hide it under your mattress, and you would engage in, in you know, looking at, at, at porn. As time went on, VHS became popular, and you could go to stores and watch live movies. That was exciting. But there was always this thing where you had to go and try to obtain pornography. And, and for some people, that was enough to not do it. Having to go to the store, go to the, you know, one of the local video stores and go to that one little section, you look around the, look around the room, make sure there's no one you saw in there, and you would go over to that little section, rent one movie, and then go grab another movie, put them together and go rent a couple. Today, pornography comes in and sends you emails and social media things and, and asks you to click on it. The statistics of people who are engaging in that type of sexual immorality are, are ridiculously high. One in four pastors view pornography on a regular basis. One in four pastors, and that's a couple years old, it's, it's higher now. Um, so sexual immorality is definitely all around us. What's another type of sexual immorality? Well, let's, let's talk about these, a couple of these things and, uh, as we are talking about God's design. Um, sexual immorality is any, any type of sexual behavior that's outside of God's design for us, which, again, is really, really good. God's design for sex and sexuality is, is awesome and amazing. Um, so, so just to be, be clear, adultery. Adultery is, is when a married person engages in sexual activities outside of their marriage. And so you can be uh, married and, and have a, a sexual experience outside. That's called adultery. Um, Proverbs in a number of places talks about um, the, the woman um, who lures the, the, uh, the married woman who lures the unsuspecting man in there and says, avoid her. Avoid her flattering eyes and her, her lips that are, like like, uh, like fruit and her, her, her perfume and all of these things. And it talks about, says that is not the what we're supposed to do. Which means if you are single, you should also not be engaging in any sex with a married person. It's still adultery. You're in an adultery relationship. That, that's part of immorality. Another one is fornication. Mm-hmm. Fornication is any type of sex outside of marriage. It's all sexual immorality. So God's design, so we've got adultery, we've got fornication, we've got homosexuality. He did not design a male and a male to be together, and he did not design a female and a female to be together. Transgenderism. This is breaking my heart, what we're seeing. It's absolutely breaking my heart. All of it breaks my heart, and and I'm going to talk a little bit about why Um, these things. They're not... They're not taboo and, and making people bad because they do them. It's God's When we step out of God's design, bad things happen. But something that I can't believe that adults are doing is promoting and allowing um, transgenderism to, for their kids. You know, a little kid can't, can't go to the, the school office and get an aspirin for a headache but they can go and get assistance in getting puberty-blocking drugs, which is irreversible. Sci- the science is, is very strong. If you're listening to this and wondering, the science is very strong. It's irreversible what, what is happening if you take puberty-blocking drugs. And why is it happening? Because children have confusion. And that's new, because children have never been confused in the past, have they? Children have always known from the time they were born everything there was to know about life. When I was growing up, I was talking about this the other day. I don't know if it was maybe with, with, with Scott and Flo, or, or with somebody with, with kids of different ages. It's kind of fun to watch the, the progression with kids. And, you know, this is the way it used to be. There was a time as little boys and little girls were growing up that the girls started liking the boys around seven years old or so, maybe even a little younger. And they would chase the boys around the playground. And and sometimes those little girls would try to kiss the boys. Do you remember that? Was that you? And they would chase the little boys, and the boys would run. Why did they run? Because girls have? Exactly. <laughs> girls have cooties at that age. We all know that that was true. And boys might come and and they would tell their mom and dad, "I hate girls." And, and what a parent, what a parent, you know, they'd be just, just give it some time. That's going to change, right? That's what parents would tell them. And and uh, this this little uh, it thing was kind of fun because then something interesting happened around junior high, a little before junior high when I was young. Ages changed, but I, I recognize this. The boys started noticing the girls about that time, maybe a little bit younger, but something changed in the girls, and then now they wanted nothing to do with us. <laughs> So first they chased us, and we, they had cooties, and then we kind of went, wow, I kind of like girls, and they're like, you know, they have nothing to do with us. And then we get back on the same page a couple years later. We used to tell, just give it time. Tell our kids, just give it some time. That'll change. And, and it did. Kids were confused. We don't give into to this confusion with it. child. We try to give direction. And help, encouragement, and and I want to make light light to light of this um, for the person who's struggling in this area. And it goes very much deeper than this, but we're talking I'm talking a little about kids right now, because around five or six years old, I also know a lot of kids want to be a dinosaur, they want to be an astronaut, they want to be a puppy dog this is part of the growing up experience of life and parents are supposed to help uh, shape that and, and be there but the world is doing things that are going to be are detrimental now I'm talking to Christians so it's our uh, talking about our response and how how we do it we i to encourage us that as as Christians as Christian parents as Christian grandparents that we lovingly give wisdom and direction to kids and kids are broken there's a lot of people that are broken out there that that are hurting and they're questioning things you know sometimes for the girls they don't feel pretty they don't feel like a girl they don't like their body and you know I've uh, Heard, you know, even in, as I was studying and l- even listening to different messages, you know, so one of them said, you know, but, you know, that, that that's a kind of a phase that that girls go through. I mean, they do. They grow sometimes awkwardly, and sometimes they get gangly and long legs, and and their bodies are changing, and they they feel awkward, and they are. They get taller than the boys around them. Boys get get awkward too, um, and. But the, the, the man appreciated his heart. He, he made it seem like, but, but girls grow out of that. No, you don't. I've talked to enough of you that most of you never are comfortable in your body. You question. You don't like your face. You don't like certain parts of your body. You question it. And, and I, you know, this is a whole message in itself. I'm sorry for the part that man has played in that. Making you feel like you are not desirable and and worthy just in who you are. But in the past, when somebody was struggling in who they are, we encouraged them, whether Christian or not, to accept who God made you. See, the Bible says that God made them. God made you, He made you special. He had a design for you, and God doesn't make mistakes. And so I want to tell you that today because you need to hear that. God didn't make a mistake with you. Male, female, he didn't make a mistake. The, the thoughts that you have, the feelings that you have, the feelings and thoughts that the people you love are having, one thing is we believe and I believe is true is that God designed them, and we shouldn't change that design. We should love people and accept people and, and encourage them to, to accept themselves and, and see how God made them different. And, and we, are, we are different, as I was sharing even about male and female, and very different. Now, let me, I want to talk a little bit about male and female difference and, and this word I used a little while ago that when God made man, he made a helper suitable for him. If you're bold enough, would you raise your hand if you've ever had a problem with that helper? God made a helper suitable for him. Like some women like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm not a helper. I am powerful. I am. Yes, you are. Let me explain a little bit of that, that word helper because it can almost seem derogatory. Does anyone kind of relate with that? Like, Yeah, it kind of seems like belittling a little bit. You know, if you are the mechanic, you're the mechanic. When you're the mechanic's helper, <laughs> you're not the mechanic, right? You feel that. But, but you know, who, you know who, the, who is the helper in the scriptures? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is called the helper. And I believe that when God said, I'm going to make a helper suitable for him, he was saying, and there is so much value. In this helper they're gonna be a voice that you need to hear they're gonna be somebody who sees things in a way that you can't see them because I'm gonna put some of my attributes inside of them that you don't have and they're gonna be your equal of value with different differing gifts here's the example I use in my house I have A hundred dollar saw in my garage. It's a sawzall. It cost me a hundred dollars. In my house, in the kitchen, my wife has a hundred dollar knife. And she can cut tomatoes, and I I use it all the time. We we cut vegetables. I love a good, sharp, lifetime guarantee knife. They're both worth a hundred dollars. When it's time to cut the tomato, I do not get the Sawzall. (laughs) The value is the same, but the purpose is very different. The abilities are different. The gifting is different. When I need to go cut a limb off of the tree, if I grab my wife's knife to do it, I will not see tomorrow. (laughs) Because that knife is made for cutting as well. But it's made for cutting different things. We are equal in value, men, women, but we are not the same. Embrace how God created you. Understand that God's giftings and his design for us is to be different. To come along and to be a complement. Compliment. That's what we I believe in, complementarianism, if you would. Put a word to it, not egalitarianism. We complement each other. God's design for sexuality is male, female, working together in an incredible way, producing amazing results. Men should always have women speaking to them to give them wisdom and their point of view in in, in matters and vice versa. One of the things I, I, I don't want, you know, Men, boys should be boys and allowed to be boys and celebrated to be boys and men should be men. Now, here's the awesome thing is there is a spectrum on masculinity and femininity, if you will, or we pick better words. There are men that are, seem more rugged, more rough and tumble, and there are men who seem a little bit more sensitive. That's okay. They're just a sensitive man. Or a rough and tumble, rugged man. Part of that is the way they were raised. Part of that really is personality and how God designed it. You know, well, Let's not ever for, forget that the way we do things with, uh, the way we raise children affects how they live in the future. Um, you know, in, in Mexico, the games that kids p- used to play, I don't know if they still do it. I don't know if you ever saw um, groups of, of uh, Mexican kids playing together. There was a game that they used to play when I was young. It was, it was kick the lobo, kick the wolf. And basically, one person was the wolf and all the kids just tried to kick him. Some of you, I love, I love some of your expressions. I mean, you're like, are you serious? I mean, yeah, That was that, did, was, is that a game that you, you remember stuff like that? The culture raised kids to be a lot rougher. And they'd play that. We played King of the Hill. We played King of the Hill. That was kind of a rough game. Actually, I went to Maple Hill School out here, which I was one of the few classes that did. Um, th- there was a school right where Chautauqua is, and it was a, called Maple Hill Elementary School. And all the bad kids went to that school, it seemed like. <laughs> the kids at North Shore Elementary, they played buns up. You remember buns up? You know, you throw the tennis ball at somebody's bun. We played death ball. You just hit them anywhere in the head with the ball or whatever. Some of us were rougher and some of us were not, but we were boys. Boys are boys, men are men, girls are girls. Women are women. That's how God designed us. Let's celebrate how God did it. Let's celebrate that in this world where people are saying everything goes sexually and relationally. I talked a few weeks ago about polyamorism. That's another thing coming out. The culture around us is telling us that homosexuality is okay. Adultery is okay. um, Transgenderism is okay polyamorism is okay. Um, one that we've been afraid of and it's beginning to get a little bit of... of, of is, is pedophilia, man-boy love. You know, hey, uh, you know, that 13-year-old boy, th- they, they're old enough to decide. That's, that's society. But see, society has pretty much always been rotten. It really has. Society used to put people... Into, into the dens with lions and watch that for sport and immorality. In, in, in some of the, the temples in the times of Jesus, the rich people in Rome and, and even in, in Jerusalem, the leaders from Rome, they were in Jerusalem, they would basically kidnap little 13, 14, 15-year-old boys and make they would, their job was to be nymphs. They would like fairies, and they would, they would flutter around the palaces. Their job was to just kind of be like a little fairy around them. And then these leaders would do stuff to them that was horrid. This is, this is history. And when they were done, because they didn't really want it to get out that that was happening, sometimes they would just throw them off a cliff to kill them. Okay. Society has always been dark. It's always been dark. Sodom and Gomorrah, it's always been dark. But we're believers. So what I'm saying is that we have this God designed, and I encourage you to read the scriptures, it's good. And 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 some people think, have been raised to believe that sex is only for, for creating children. I, I don't believe that the Bible supports that. If you read the Song of Songs, that whole book is going to talk about the beauty of, of love and of making love, and that it's... God created it to be enjoyable. And, and that is a, a gift from God. And that's amazing and wonderful. If it was if it was just about having kids, then it wouldn't, there would be no feeling that went with it. Just do it and have a baby. Okay? So God's design. He created men. He created women. Create us that we might be married and show a more full picture of of the Godhead now single people like yeah but I'm not I'm not married or I was and I'm not any longer that's why I believe you're supposed to live in community with other people supposed to live in close community you're supposed to have relationships you know David had an amazing male relationship with Jonathan that was really good he had a great relationship with Jonathan but we also have relationships with people of the opposite sex in in small groups in life groups where we hear from each other, where where um, we can learn from each other. So male, female. Marriage is between one man and one woman for life. God created that we wouldn't engage in sex outside of that because it's really damaging. <laughs> we have talked about that. We, I don't have too much, any le- time left. He didn't do it because he's a killjoy, but... The nature of man and anger and jealousy says that we are created to just be with one person. And we'll see, I believe we'll see in a very short time, a lot of things begin to come back on the pendulum. This is my prediction. (laughs) I believe we're going to see the detriments that allowing children and promoting transgender is going to come back. And it's going to be painful because there's going to be a lot of people who need counseling because of of what we allowed them to do. encouraging that I believe that this polyamorous movement that's going by the way I personally believe a lot of these things they're growing popularity because it's becoming almost just a fad and and I want you to pray for your kids and your grandkids because there's actually pressure in school to be gender fluid There's pressure put on kids to to and you if you can get your kids talk to me like, do you know anyone who feels pressure that Maybe, you know, do you feel that? Like maybe you should be or at least consider whether you should be. And anytime there's pressure to do something like that, you know, it's not being brought in by the Lord. We're gonna see some things come back. Um, Polyamorous relationships, they don't last long-term. You know why? Because we weren't created that way. They're gonna go, I don't like this, and they're gonna end up not working well. That's the whole point. And I'm gonna close with these, just a couple thoughts. God designed us because... He knew, well, he designed us. He, he said, I'm going to make you this way. So when you break it, there's going to be issues and consequences. But I, I want to say this. And he also gives you choice. It's called free will and free choice. And he says, this is how I've created you. Walk in it. Walk in holiness. Um, one one writer, um Christian author, wrote a book. He says... Uh, um, What if marriage wasn't to make you happy, but to make you holy? That's an interesting thought. God created you in a certain way to bring about righteousness, to show a picture of who God is. And when you deviate from that, it's going to be painful and difficult. And so we want to promote living like this and understand that people do have a free will. In the book of uh, Romans, I I believe it's chapter 1, actually, but I'm not positive. Um, forgive me he talks about and in, in, in there's a section it's in, in, a couple of times in that same section he says so he gave them over to their lusts men with men women with women doing things they, they weren't created for doing these things they shouldn't do um Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals. Creeping things, it's idolatry. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God. God created us this way for a lie. They worshiped and served the creature. That's idolatry, but I I think... uh, Men and women, and maybe more men, we worship the creature sometimes. We should never worship the creature. We should honor the created being that a woman is. This reason, verse 26 in chapter 1, Romans, this reason God gave them over to these passions the women exchange natural relations for those that are in contrary to nature. The men likewise give up natural relations with women, were consumed with passion for one another. Since they did not see it fit to acknowledge God, gave God gave them over to that mind. We do have a free will, and God will give give, give us over, and He'll let you do it. But I want to say that living in that amazing design of God is good. It's rewarding it's fulfilling and as we go into the world I don't want us as a body as believers as a church to ever condemn somebody to make them feel shame and and shameful instead I want people to know that God loves them and God had a z- design for every part of their life mine yours and theirs and that if they will uh, be open to receiving that which God designed them for. They will actually live in fruitfulness and, and life. And then be willing to walk along people that struggle. Okay? Let me ask a real simple question. Is there anything in your life that you struggle with? Anything. Okay. Right? Some people struggle with other things other than the things you struggle with. Let's be an encouragement to them. Let's show them Jesus. Let's help them to be overcomers and to get healing. And we're not those who we're not those who condemn. We're those who point to Jesus and say God has a plan and a design for you. Let's live this way for us, let's raise our kids this way, let's promote these godly living. And, and when somebody says, why do you believe that? It's like, well, the, the Bible teaches that I I have to believe what the Bible teaches. It's kind of the whole point. Is that okay? Okay, let's pray. Father, uh, this this message is a message that some people have a really hard time with. And um I just want to pray your grace upon uh, each and every person in here this morning, everyone listening, Father, that uh, you would reach us, God, that you would encourage us, that you would call us back, Father, to holy living, to, ex- uh, to living an expression of, of godliness and holiness through our uh, sexuality, God, as, as men and women, as, as uh, boys and girls of God. Lord, I pray that as we would go into the world, we would live for truth and live rightly, not giving in to the culture around us. The culture is changing. The culture is is saying all these things are, are okay and should be celebrated. Not giving in and changing, but Lord, being a light, being an encouragement, Father, is a lot of hurting, abused, broken, People in the world, God, give us a uh, give us compassion and a way to reach anyone who's struggling with any sin, including uh, all of us who raised our hands saying that we struggle with our own sin, with our own things in life. Lord, help us to encourage one another and love one another and and, uh, and spur each other on to godliness and carry each other's burdens. God, I pray that these words were yours and that you would um, draw us close to yourself. Confirm it with your word. Help us to live uh, according to your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. If anyone has anything they'd like to, you know, talk, you can come and see me or even make an appointment. I'd love to talk more.
2: I'm to so
0: a hiker
2: in. Into- may hit a little too close to home point. I, be
1: gay. I think. <laughs>